To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. It is estimated that between 40 and 70% of Kiwis don't have a will or one that is up to date, and that is quite a staggering statistic, and one that got me wondering why we aren't very good at making plans after we're gone. Christchurch entrepreneur Melissa Davies has had first-hand experience in this area. She noticed a problem, and she has gone about fixing it with her new digital safe. It's called Holdmine, and Melissa is with me now. Hi, Melissa. Do you mind if I go right back to the beginning as to where this whole idea kind of began? And I know that it sort of started with the passing of your father, who died suddenly of a heart attack at 55. Yes, yes, that was a um, a really um, dramatic and horrible reason to start a business, unfortunately. But it's one that I hope I can share some really challenging lessons from and help others have a better experience with losing someone they love very much. You were named an executor of his estate. What kind of journey did that sort of set you on and how? what did that sort of also add to the whole grieving process, Melissa? I think the first thing that was um, surprising was that I didn't know that I was named as the executor of his estate. So once we'd sort of managed through the, the complexities of arranging a funeral and saying our farewells, I was sort of thrust into this new world where I'd never even heard a lot of the terminology that was used as part of um, being an executor. There's a lot of responsibilities and a lot of complexity. And so I certainly felt like I was not prepared to manage through that process. And I think until you go through it, you can you can understand the language, but actually the complexity of dealing with thousands of big decisions while trying to support yourself through major grief and be there for your family is really something I didn't, I never expected. And then, Melissa, there was your own health issues. You had a heart attack at 44. We don't expect to have heart attacks at 44, do we? Um, we certainly don't. No. And I think, <laughs> I think what was, um, in a way, if, if, dad, if I hadn't lost Dad to a heart attack, I probably wouldn't have taken my situation as seriously as I did because, you know, as a really fit, healthy female with zero cardiac disease and no risk factors, I just assumed that, you know, I'd, I'd maybe torn a muscle, indigestion, you know, other kinds of health-related issues, but it never sort of crossed my mind that that's what was happening. And I've since realised that the, the form of heart attack that I had is really rare and it mainly affects healthy women. So only 1% of heart attacks are like this. And of that 1%, 80% affect women in their 40s, 50s or postpartum that are otherwise healthy. So not you don't present like a heart attack patient. So, you know, there was a lengthy delay before the ambulance arrived once you're in, you know, Christchurch Public Hospital, the, the, the support and the capability of the team there was exceptional. So it's a bit of a bit of a crazy 24 hours following that. So that changed your mindset as to how you kind of needed to prepare for worst case scenario. Uh, interestingly, it didn't. I think what had happened is the shock of losing dad had pushed me into this territory already of thinking, how do I help people and get myself sorted? And I think the big thing that I realized when I was sitting in, in the cardiac ward at Christchurch Public was I'm actually really grateful that I have no regrets. So one of the big things that I realized after losing dad is I, dad and I had such a great relationship that I had no regrets. We'd said the things that needed to be said. 
the only thing we hadn't talked about was me being the executor of his estate. So I think that made me realise that, you know, I've got, I've got my will in place, I've got insurances, I've spoken to friends, I've got things sorted. So I actually felt a sense of peace actually when I was in hospital knowing that I'd removed as much of the administrative burden as I could for those that I would leave behind if this, if this had been fatal. How important is it for families to have these discussions, to make the plans, to know what we all want if the worst does happen? I think that the for, for me personally, I believe it's one of the most important conversations families can have because unfortunately it is inevitable that at some stage the people we love will pass. And if we know how best to honour them, it removes any regret or guilt from us as well because we're not trying to make decisions wondering what's best. We've actually been able to talk to them about what they would like and you know, what it allowed me to do was have a really great conversation with my mum then about what she wanted and with other family members that I love. So I feel like it gives you the opportunity to get clarity around how best to honour them. Um, and it can be just simple things like what songs would like they like played at their funeral. It could be if they would like um, a memorial plaque somewhere, what's important to them, how to honour them when they're not here anymore. And you know, it actually, it actually enables families to have a really beautiful conversation and reduce these other emotions when you just want to be in grief um, rather than worrying um, whether you're honouring honoring them appropriately. So I think it's highly important. So Melissa, you realised that there was, you, you know, this gap there that needed to be filled. But how is how easy was it to actually sort of get hold mind into into action? Oh, that that's a whole book in itself actually that's been that's been a really complex journey actually because um you know i'd I'd spent sort of fifteen years working in Australia as a senior executive and sort of come back to Christchurch um after time in other parts of Aotearoa and working across the sort of tech startup scene and I think I was probably naively optimistic about what it would take. So from, from sitting in, in Queenstown after losing dad, thinking there has to be a better way to do this. I don't want other families to have to deal with this. All I kept thinking about is was um, situations where you've got you know really a lot of demands on a person. So you're caring for your family or you've got elder care or little people and work demands and you're managing someone's estate. And I just was like, there has to be a better way. So from that point through to where Holdman sits now, which is a you know a really secure live platform for people to use, um, has been a lot of twists and turns, a lot of um, emotional support from friends and family. Um, but it's one of those things that you know if, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Nothing with having comes easily, and so I'm really grateful that I've been able to move through the journey and take take what was absolutely one of the worst moments of my life. And, and turn it into something that I really hope alleviates some stress and pressure for others. You've given us a little sense of what Hold Mine can be used for. What else can it be used for, Melissa? Um, so it's it's come about, the shape of it evolved a little as, um, initially was just around supporting people when someone passed away. And then what I realised is for a lot of us, our lives are really, really complex and we're adding data and information and records every day and we have no safe place to store things. So when I renovated my property, I had to get an electrical certificate of conformance. And you know, I know some people are really organised and have lovely filing cabinets and things like that, but I'm likely to put it on a pile in the corner somewhere and hope that when I need it, I find it. Sounds and familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a section in hold mines that, you know, those critical documents about your home, um, information about your emergency preparedness plan, um, a whole section on family history and your health. 
And that came about due to a, due to a friend of mine um, having some some severe toothache that he didn't address quickly enough and ending up in um, a drug-induced coma for a week and none of us being able to inform the um, medical experts as to what his blood type or medical history was and things like that. So there's there's different sections in hold mine for important life and information as well as your end-of-life wishes and so you upload documents or pictures or you know if you if you you know, one of the things I'd thought about was, you know, I would love, I'm from Southbridge and the Rakaia River is really important to me. And so, you know, as a, as a headstone, I would love something like a Rakaia River stone. Oh, that's so amazing. you can, right. yeah, so, so, you, so you can take a photo and save that in there as well. So. All sorts of bits and pieces. Melissa, thank you so much for your time today. Really nice to talk to you. For more from News Talk ZB, listen live, on air, or online, and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.